This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're an average of the five people that you surround yourself with most. And I value myself so much that I refuse to hang around someone that I don't really want to be like. If you want a radical change in your life, you need to get comfortable with being alone because you learn a lot about yourself. You have to go through that. So if you want to change your life and you want to advance, get very comfortable being uncomfortable with yourself. Let's take a breath. (sighs) Hey guys, I'm Cindy Litwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you're well, and I'm so happy that you pressed play today. Uh, Today we have on the amazing Mimi Bouchard on the podcast. She is first known for having her start in the reality TV space. If you have seen the show, it is a very long running show called Made in Chelsea that she was on a few seasons of. That's how she kind of got her start within the reality space and how she has sort of jump-started her career from that place. But she also took a very interesting direction from the show and shifted completely into the more wellness, mental health space that she's in now. She has a great online presence. She has a beautifully crafted Instagram. She offers tons of awesome advice. But she's most known for right now, she created an app called the Superhuman app. I've used it myself. It is kind of a different take on meditation. So if you're out there and maybe you're interested in meditating and the process of it, or maybe you've tried it and you sit down with your headphones in and you put that meditation on and you sit there and you're like, this isn't working. I can't sit here for this long. I feel like I should be doing other things at the same time, or I'm just not getting this whole meditation thing. I would highly recommend you try out Mimi's app. She has a free trial that you can try because it's a different take on meditating where she started creating these audio journals where she would essentially be talking to herself, but giving herself these little pep talks every day that helped her get through her day better, give her inspiration, and completely shifted how she lived her life. She's in now this authentic path that she's on. She feels a lot healthier. She feels a lot more present and much more, I would say, in what feels like her purpose in this life or at least for this chapter of her life. She's created an incredible space for people to connect with themselves and dive into this world of meditation, but with her version of meditating. So highly recommend trying out the app. They're great because you can pop on her meditations and do things like grocery shopping or going on a walk, or she has this really great one. I love the legs up the wall meditation where you lay there and just like talk to your body very nicely. And it's very lovely. So you definitely have to try it. I'll put all the links for everything below. I am a big advocate of meditating. I usually do my meditating in the evening. It helps me to unwind. I'm a person that is always in their head, always overthinks everything. So meditation is something for me that helps me to turn that off, to check in with myself and to help me especially to ease into sleep because if I don't meditate before bed, I will be up for hours and meditation seems to be the only thing that will just like ease me into that restorative place or that parasympathetic place where I can just relax and fall right asleep. So highly recommend meditating. If you feel like you have running thoughts ever or just feel overwhelmed, it's definitely something that I have utilized in my wheelhouse of self-care to help support myself. So definitely try out Mimi's app if you're interested. Um, Besides that, my something to share, I'm sitting in my hotel room in Reading, Pennsylvania. Not a ton to do from what I can see in this city, but that's great because I'm just going to spend the day catching up on work. I did some wedding planning earlier. Virtual wedding planning is definitely interesting. I had a whole meeting earlier picking out my table linens and chairs for the wedding. And the girl was wonderful. She was like showing me everything through my computer. And then she was texting me on the side photo so I could see a better visual of the texture. So I'm making it work. I think I probably would have been overwhelmed by wedding planning via Zoom if it wasn't post-pandemic. I think we all learned that you can do a lot of things through a computer screen that we didn't necessarily realize before. So I love that I have the option to obsess over this even while I'm on the road because that's all I think about now. 
but I'm having a good time. My something to share though, I was able to see my fiance last week and it will probably be the last time I get to see him until the tour is over. So we have a whole month left where we're not going to see each other and you know, we're making it work, but I don't think we realized how difficult this was actually going to be. We both realized that being away from your partner for two months is not necessarily a normal thing unless you are like maybe in the military or or you have a specific job that requires that of you, but it's not necessarily a common thing that all couples go through. So I will not sugarcoat it and say that it's been, you know, super easy for us. It's definitely been challenging, especially because we know that we're not able to see each other that much. And even when we saw each other, it was only for like three quarters of a day. It wasn't even a full day. So it's been tough. And I think it's definitely taken a toll on both of us. I think we very quickly have become each other's like everything. I love that he is my best friend and I can come home to him and just or I'll be there when he comes home and we get to share our days with each other and just like unload and feel like safe and very connected. And I will say what's been difficult, I think mostly for us is creating that intimacy over the phone. We started out our relationship by talking via FaceTime and we were able to build a really strong foundation and a really incredible relationship before even meeting in person. I will say it doesn't necessarily replace that one-on-one contact and intimacy, even just being able to like hold hands or hug him. Or even when we get in maybe an argument, it's easier to bring down that argument with like a hug or being connected or being able to touch. But when you do have that element missing, it's easy to feel very disconnected. So we've been working on that. And I think just acknowledging that we were struggling with that has helped us. And now we're just trying to find ways where we can create intimacy and feel together and feel connected, even though we're doing it over the phone. So I think what it's taken for us is just like getting over the fact that this is hard and getting over the fact that this is not the same and this is not a normal experience that we're going through and trusting that we are going to try everything that we can to keep growing our relationship keep supporting each other. Um, But it's, it's hard. It's not easy to do when you're through a screen, even though you can accomplish a lot through a screen, it's not always the same as one-on-one human contact. So I will just say it's something that I'm going through and I just wanted to share that. And I mean, it can all look like really rainbows and butterflies on social media, but it doesn't always look the same in real life. And I like to be as open as possible as I can on this podcast, which is why I love that I have this space to really just like get even closer to the people listening, even closer than I can feel to the people on social media. So I guess all of that to say, it's okay to have like really high highs with things and also mix with lows. I'm having such a great experience and such a great time on tour and so happy that I'm getting to do this opportunity, but it's also mixed with like such heaviness for like being so far away from my fiance and someone who I spend all of my time with and someone who's my best friend. And it's really hard to have that disconnect right now, but we both have every faith that we are going to be even better for this on the other side of it because we're learning new tools and learning new ways that we can support each other and how we can connect even further. It's making us get creative, which is an interesting thing to apply to a relationship. So I guess I don't have a full answer as to like how to make long distance perfect. But I will say if you're out there and you're experiencing something similar, I would love for you to share your story with me or DM me if you have any ideas of how we can support each other more. But I just wanted to share that in case someone else was experiencing something similar out there or going through that struggle. I get you. Um, And I think it just took for our relationship just to realize that just to acknowledge that it was hard and that we were both going through the same things. And It was a little different for Nick because he is in basically our old life, but without me now, and I'm living this other life at the same time. So that's really difficult. But I am just really grateful to have his love and support no matter what. And I share that same thing for him. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share that because I feel like you can see one thing on social media and just see something as perfect. But I just know that there's always so much more to everything, every situation, every relationship. And yeah, I just, I don't know if that will help you connect to me or for you to see another side of things that I'm going through, but that is the current situation. And I am so excited to finally be back with Nick and in person, but this is definitely 
a challenge that we're going through. And I think with any challenge gives you an opportunity to grow stronger and to find new ways to make things work. I don't think that because a relationship or something is being strained or challenged that it means that it doesn't work. It means that you just got to dig deeper and you have to find a new way. You have to find a new system that works for you guys. So it's it's a matter of not being complacent and expecting things to always be the same um, because that's not the way that life works. So what we're doing is just finding new levels of our relationship and how we can support each other in this chapter that we're in right now. So like I said, if you have advice or a similar story, I would love to hear them from you. Please send them my way. I would love to hear them. Please enjoy this episode with Mimi. I think it's a great example of how life can shift and you can change and that's okay. So say if you're in an experience now or if you're in a job that you don't like or if you're in any type of situation where it doesn't feel authentic to you in this moment or it feels like there's more out there, I think this episode will invite you to explore that for yourself and seeing someone like Mimi who has found a different way of living and something that's worked for her and creating these huge shifts in her life and done so, so openly, I think that you're going to get tons out of this episode. So if you do, please share it with a friend, tag us on social media. I love to hear from you guys always. So reach out to me, reach out to Mimi. I'll link all of our socials below and make sure that before you go, you follow the podcast. It's helping me to get it further out into the world, to grow the space and to connect with you all further. So without further ado, guys, here is Mimi. Where are you in the world currently? Because I know you've kind of been all over. Yes, I actually live in the Bahamas. So I'm looking at the ocean right here. It's amazing. This keeps coming up for me where every time I talk to someone, they're like living in Mexico or the Bahamas Mm -hmm. or they've upped their life and moved. And I'm staring at snow right now in Ohio. So I might might be a little like message from the universe that I need to get the hell out. <laughs> Listen, we'll yeah, see. people are moving, you know, we're yeah. digital nomads now, a lot of the, I know. the population. So you're doing it right. Can you give me a little background on who you are, where you came from and kind of what your work is now? For sure. So my name is Mimi Bouchard. I am actually from Canada, Toronto. I was born and raised there, but I left when I was 17 years old and I I went to university for a year and dropped out after two semesters. It really wasn't for me. I was always very entrepreneurial at heart. And I thought, you know what, with my big vision, my big eyes, I was like, let's just go, go somewhere crazy in the world and try to make it happen. So I moved to London, England when I was 18 and, uh, yeah, I lived there for five, six years and, uh, it was an incredible experience. I learned a lot. I, you know, when I first got there was working like four jobs, trying to make ends meet. I really hustled. I, networked like crazy. I really started getting into personal development around that time as well. So I was, you know, a bright eyed, young, ambitious uh, girl and I was trying it all. So, you know, I'd wake up at 6am and work at a juice bar till noon. And then I'd go, you know, intern at this styling agency on the other side of the city till 6pm. And then I would uh, get back at seven and nanny this Italian family until like midnight. And then while the kids were asleep, I would um, do my blog, my online magazine. So back then I, I had an online magazine. I was really into fashion. So I thought I was you know, going to do that as a career. And um, as the more personal development work that I did, the more I realized I was actually into teaching and learning about personal development. So that was more my thing. Um, mm-hmm. Long story short, I experienced a lot of different opportunities uh, in London. I actually did TV work a little bit. Um, and then, you know, just created a TV show after that, that never ended up going live and, you know, ended up just launching so many different things in a very short span of time and learning a lot about myself. I just really wanted to create abundance for myself and Mm -hmm. fast forward a few years. Um, you know, I, I created a lifestyle platform, um, back then it was called Mimi method and, you know, my audience online, I had built quite an audience by that point they really started to like my, my meditations that were included as a small part of that lifestyle platform. And then, um, about, uh, a year ago, I started to pivot the whole platform to just meditations. Um, cause that's what everyone was liking. And I rebranded the whole app and now it's called superhuman. Some of you guys may have heard of it. Superhuman, the meditation app, and it relaunched mm-hmm. to superhuman in August, uh, 2021. So now my career is, I have a meditation app and, uh, 
it's really been blowing up recently. So I, I went from, you know, being a young girl with an online magazine and a dream to owning a huge tech company now, because that's what it is. You know, it's, it's really just evolved and, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I'm living this wild ride. I moved to the Bahamas almost two years ago with my boyfriend. When COVID hit, we were just like, you know what, let's get out of here. Um, so yeah, that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) A lot, a lot has happened in between those two, uh, points in my life. Yeah. I love it. And I love that you said that you were like a young girl with a dream or whatever. And now you're like a young girl with a startup, but you're still like a young girl. You've done a lot in a very short span of time, which is very impressive. Like reading your story and seeing also the transitions that you've made along the way is super interesting to me. So I'm excited to get into like all of that and how you've gotten yourself to where you are now. But before we do, just to kind of break the ice, um, I always ask my guests to share something from your yes. nightstand, surprising, or the backstory. So anything that you have yeah, to share Yeah, so with you asked today. me this question, and I went to grab my love letters. <laughs> I keep them so in my nightstand cute. because I don't, I don't even read them that often, but when I'm like, I don't know, if my, I'm, my boyfriend's out of town or something, I'm like, oh, I want to be mushy. Or if we get in a fight, then I read them. I actually should read these. I got in a fight last night. <laughs> I should read these, oh, and then no. we're going to be fine now. Um, yeah, so my boyfriend and I have been together for, we're on our fifth year and, um, he knows that I love my romantic love letters. I think that's one of my, um, love languages is words, um, on paper or words of affirmation. Not really just more like, you know, cute sentimental things. So I have love letters in my, mm-hmm. in my nightstand along with many other things, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> I got those too. Don't worry. Um, yeah, no, I, that's so sweet. And I love bringing it back to writing. Like when my fiance and I were long distance for a while, we shared a journal oh. and we would share like one person would write in it. I would write a love letter and then he would switch it off when he, when we got to that's see really each other nice. back. So it's so simple, but it's so sweet. How often do you guys write those letters to each other? Well, he was never really a huge writer until he started dating me. And it's such a big thing for me. So like the first year we were together, my first birthday with him, he like didn't write me a birthday card and we got in such a big fight. I was so upset. I was like, how can my boy, cause he's my first boyfriend too. We started dating oh, when I was same. 21. Oh, my no way. oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then he quickly learned, Oh, I didn't realize that this was important but to you, especially he like now he values it and he likes it you know when we write each other then it's usually just like you know anniversary valentine's day birthday christmas Mm -hmm. or sometimes once in a while he'll like leave a cute post-it note on something and yeah i love it such a nice tradition to have and from what your instagram relationship looks like it seems like you guys are very connected and very much in love so it's nice to see you have those little practices that kind of keep you going Yeah. yeah yeah we're very good we're very good I think we don't fight often, you know, even though we did last night, but it was once every four months, I would say a bad yeah. one once every four Healthy months. Fighting. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, last question for that. Anything that's been on your heart or mind lately that you want to talk through, share just to kind of open us up? What's been on my heart is, you know, recently I've been thinking about how, especially about how other people's actions just have a lot to do with themselves and I was talking to a friend and she was saying how oh this person said this comment to me and I often you know obviously I'm sure you do too being someone with a following online like you'll get weirdos like say things to you and just step over Mm -hmm. boundaries often like sometimes I'll get dms asking about things and I'm like why do you think I'm going to answer you like this is a personal question. I don't know you. Like, you know, so especially if it's like with a rude twinge, like I have been thinking about it a lot lately and I just wish I could figure out a way more than what I'm trying to do with my meditations now to really just get people to understand that there are boundaries, even if you have a presence online and there are real humans, like compare it to if you saw someone walking down the road, would you go up to them and say like, you know, like you shouldn't be giving your kid that snack or like, you know, just like attacking them for something. <laughs> like, yeah. I wish the world knew more of that. And I think, you know, I have gone through a lot of growth myself. And I know back in the day when I wasn't that happy with myself, I would judge. Mm-hmm. I would say mean things about people putting my hands up. Mm-hmm. I've done it. Hell, like if I'm in a really bad place, I haven't in a long time, but if I was, 
I would judge and compare and try to put other people down to lift me up, but it doesn't really end up working that way. So I guess that's been on my mind. It's kind of sad sometimes seeing people, humanity, we're so exposed to people with the internet and it's just like overwhelming sometimes. It's like, how do you think saying some of these things is acceptable? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. So I just don't know. That's just been on my mind. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally feel that. I wonder for you, because it is, it's hard because I I go through waves with social media where I'm like, I want to share everything. I want to be open. Mm. I want to show up for my community. I want to like be here and show it all. But then I'll have moments like that where people will, will comment on it or send me really weird, interesting things or things that are super rude. And then it makes me close up a little bit and makes me not share as much. Yeah. So I wonder if you continue to push past that or do you kind of ebb and flow with then how you're showing up on social media because of that? That's a good question. And I think I ebb and flow because like you, I've been very open. I've been Mm -hmm. so open, but then I go through a phase where I'm like, oh, I'm deleting all my old YouTube vlogs because I like don't want people to, I, I, it's like an exposure vulnerability feeling sometimes. And it's funny because when I first started in this industry, like when I had my, my online magazine, when I was like 18, like I wanted to share it all and like talk about everything. And I was so excited to Mm -hmm. share. And in a way that was all a little bit naive of me too, because I think the more open that my energy is, the more room there is for people to manipulate my energy. I don't know if I don't want to get too woo, but like, you know, I just, yeah, yeah, it's like, I kind of like privacy a lot. And the more that I Mm -hmm. am in this space and the more that I learn about what I want in my life, the more that I pivot my brand to be less of a Mimi influencer brand and more of a, oh, I'm a founder of a company and mm-hmm. I don't really want to necessarily be an influencer as much anymore. Like, yes, I am. And it helps my company, my business, but I, in a way, like really don't, I, I, I just want to be successful. I don't really want the limelight. I really value mm-hmm. wealth and money and I love abundance. And I think it's part of my, you know, sole purpose on this planet to have abundance. And I love that process of growing abundance and making money and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Um, especially cause I didn't come from a lot of money growing up. Um, and yeah, I just, but it doesn't do it for me anymore. The idea of fame, like it really doesn't. And I think mm-hmm. it used to, but now I'm like, no, like I really, I, I don't really want as much as that, as, as that. So to answer your question, long story short, I have and flow. I'm in a phase now where I'm actually just really focusing on, on what I talk about, which is personal development and changing your life. So I used to be very open about things, but I've deleted a lot of content, I think online where I've just felt a little bit too exposed. It's like my inner child almost mm. feels a bit vulnerable because there's so many people mm-hmm. out there. If they all had good intentions, I'd share way more, but there are yeah. bad apples out there and I don't really want my shit out there sometimes. So yeah, I've just, I have been slow, yeah. but now I'm in a more of a private phase of my life. I like that you're shifting then your focus just on your product and how you're helping other people versus like you being the product essentially yeah. as so much. So I guess that's a great way to protect to protect yourself because yes, it's hard because you do want to like help the community the best that you can, but sometimes that means sharing certain details or you see other people online doing it really well and being really open and showing everything, but then I, you have to be really strong to take in that kind of feedback yeah. from people at all times. So I totally get it. Yeah. Um, you did have a lot of extremes in life. So you started off, which is really interesting to me, in a reality TV space. You were on Made in Chelsea and I was on The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that lifestyle and how you have eyes on you and people follow you for this show. So first I want to ask, like, what brought you into the reality TV world? Because I always find that fascinating, mm-hmm. fascinating, like why people originally want to go on that really crazy journey. And then I want to shift to like how you've become the person that you are after that experience. Yeah. So like I said, I moved to London when I was 18. I was there for like a year and a half before finding the show. Um, my visa was expiring. So I had a two-year working holiday visa as a Canadian in London. At the one and a half year mark, I was like, I need to stay in the UK. I don't know what to do. I need to get sponsored. So I decided I wanted to become a TV presenter because I was starting to get into more video stuff with my online magazine and I really enjoyed it. So I started uh, reaching out to every single human I could find online that worked in TV. (laughs) The requirement was just has worked in TV. Uh, So I would spend the mornings at the juice bar when it was an empty store, copy and pasting the same DM message to hundreds of people. I had 10,000 followers at the time because I had my online magazine and I was you know, that wasn't, you know, reality TV was like my first, um, like kind of thing in, in digital media. It was obviously the first big one, but 
it, mm-hmm. I, I really had been working at it for a couple of years with my online magazine. And one of those contacts that I messaged reached back and, and, uh, or reached out to me and said, you know, sure. Come to my, come to the first uh, event that I am going to, um, or come with me for my first event. And I'm going to introduce you to some people. And she was a really nice girl. And she brought me to my first event. And I was just this like, again, young, naive, like, oh my gosh, I'm at a PR event for like a makeup company. And, uh, and then we started hanging out and um, her agent was a big TV agent at the time. And I was telling her I, when I met the agent, I was like, you know, I want to get into TV presenting. I want to get a visa uh, sponsorship here. And, and she was like, Mimi, I'm going to tell you something right now in the UK as a Canadian, you're not going to become a presenter. They need a UK uh, accent and it will be very hard for you to get sponsored because in the presenting world, apparently you need to really work um, your way up for a long time to mm-hmm. be known enough or good enough to be uh, sponsored. But she said, if you could get on a show called Made in Chelsea, I would represent you right away and they would sponsor you right away. Cause she was just, you know, looking for money. And obviously those people can make money from paid posts and stuff. Um, and I was like, I've never considered reality in my life, but okay. If you say it's going to get me a visa, like I'll do anything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I did actually debate it. You know, like I, I never saw myself as the kind of person, like I had conversations with some people in my life and they were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, listen, I want, I just want to do everything right now. I'm in my early twenties. Um, yeah. you know, or I'm almost 20. I'm, I'm ready to just experience life and go in. And as you know, producers and <clears throat> casting directors, like they basically prey on young people that are naive that have never worked in the space. So I was a mm-hmm. very easy person to get manipulated. Anyway, I go in, uh, they actually reached out to me funny enough around the same time that they reached out to everyone. So anyone in, in London will say, Oh my God. Yeah. I got scouted for me in Chelsea. It's like, yeah, they reach out to everyone. Well, um, yeah. yeah. And then I went in for a few casting, uh, calls and they were like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, I need a visa. They're like, all right, let's go. So, um, yeah, that's what I did. And, uh, it was a huge learning experience. Um, mm-hmm. people that watch the show, like they won't recognize me, who I am today. Like I wasn't Mimi, like I, it was acting <laughs> like, and uh-huh. they used me just like I used them for the visa and I don't regret it. And I'm grateful for the experience because it really was mm-hmm. something that brought me on the journey where I am, you know, and it's helped me get to where I am today. Cause I, who knows if something back then would have slightly changed. I might not be where I am. I really believe in that compound effect. So yeah, you know, it was, it was what it was. And I was definitely painted out to be the bad guy at the beginning, but I just did what I was told. Uh, Mm. It was very manipulative. Like the producers, like, you know, it's people think it's all real. Like you stand on X marks on the ground. Like it was full on acting. Mm. Like, you know, they don't tell you, you don't have a script, but they, they tell you, okay, so you're angry. You have to go in there and be a strong woman. Like that's what they would Mm -hmm. say to me. I'm like, oh, I'm a strong woman. They'd say, Mimi, everyone loves you you're the strong woman and you're making, you know, like you're like, they were just like amping me up. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to teach them, you know? (laughs) And, and then I ended up seeing it air and everyone's like this bitch, like, you know, all this stuff. And it was like, you know, it was very, it was an intense environment. You know, a lot of the people were just, you know, you walk on all over people, you use people. I was never really actually close with the cast. Like I was, a lot of them mm-hmm. were close. I kind of just like did my own thing. I had my separate friends in real life. And it's easy to kind of get in into it um, and in that scene and get cocky. And like, you know, I really didn't like that vibe. Um, yeah. And then for a moment there, I kind of did get into the whole thing and kind of feel like, you know, it was a lot of my life. Um, and I quickly realized that I didn't like that version of myself. And my body was mm-hmm. rejecting it too. Like during that summer where we did a series in Ibiza, that was when I was like more kind of like a main character of the show. Like for the other series I was on, I was kind of like a side character, but I had like a bigger storyline that season. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I like gained a lot of weight. Like my body was rejecting it. I didn't like who I was and I didn't mm-hmm. like how it felt. And I didn't like being used and manipulated and feeling very vulnerable and my heart being you know, played with and being told, Oh, like you really like this person. Like 
you need to get emotional. And I'm like, do I like this person? It was a very huge mind fuck. Mm. It was very weird. Yeah. And um, I'm excited to get into your experience when we do my episode for my podcast after this, mm-hmm. but that was my experience. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy I left the show when I did. It was actually when I met Ben, my boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was, it, long story, but um, when I met him, you know, he wouldn't, wasn't really that into going on the show. He came on like two episodes and then the producers tried to like, you know, start drama between us, like asking me, Hey, like what's Ben doing? And I'm like, no, like this, this guy's actually like a good egg and I kind of want to <laughs> keep him. So I didn't quit because I, I still had my visa. So I was just not mm-hmm. telling them any drama in my life. So they had nothing to film about with me. So mm-hmm. I basically just phased out. They would call me, what's the drama? What can we film about with you? We miss you. And I'd be like, life is amazing. Ben and I never fight. They don't want to film that. So, yeah. So yeah. And then, then they just stopped filming with me and I kind of just, you know, left London a year or two later and, or a year later. And then I traveled when the visa expired and then I traveled for a bit, lived in France for a bit, lived in Vancouver for a few months. And we just decided to go to the Bahamas when I started making, you know, good money. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's the story. Love it. But it was a great experience, but I don't stay in touch with anyone from it. It was, I don't resonate with it. It's not who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really happy now that my audience is actually mainly in the U S now. Like I lost Mm -hmm. like a hundred thousand followers since leaving the TV show. Cause I left like four years ago. Um, so I haven't been on an ages. So all like my followers, like I, I lose like 10,000 followers a month and I gain like 11,000. Right. So Mm -hmm. my audience has really switched from random people in the UK to more of like a North American based female audience into health and wellness meditation. Like most people don't really know me from back then, which I'm kind of happy about, but I'm not, I'm ashamed of it. I'm open about it, you know, but Mm -hmm. I just, I I'm happy to have that switch over. It didn't feel like the real me and, um, but I'm open about the experience for sure. Yeah. I, I was interested in that too, because I feel like once people know you for a certain show or a certain thing, they follow you for those reasons. And then you're not really allowed to shift in their eyes. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to remain that person to them. So then it makes sense that people would kind of move off, but it's nice that you've had people now. I feel like it would feel like on social media that they know who you are more and like actually who you are versus like the version of you that they wanted to see or more drama or whatever the reality TV space brings. But yeah, I, I totally can relate to that experience. Ours is a little different because it's almost like a game show and yeah. the fact that we're going after one dude. But yeah, I'm, I can't imagine then with like your actual life being brought into it and like all the drama and all the production. And it's really hard when you go into a situation like that where you're, I'm sure in the t- moment you're like, okay, I'm going to be a strong woman. Like this, this might help someone if I show this side of myself and then it gets like manipulated and edited and all the layering that reality TV does. And that's can be very frustrating once mm-hmm. you see the final product and you're like, that's not what it was like. And that's not my intention, but it's not usually now and everyone. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just not usually a positive experience from everyone that I've yeah. met in this space and you get, it's a certain type of person and you lose yourself. And I've seen it mm-hmm. most every big person on that show are, they're not genuine. I, I like them, but for the most part, they're just yeah. not that like they're good people at the core. I think a lot of them, but they're just caught up. And it's mm-hmm. as humans, like that dopamine response that we even get on like a physiological level of like people loving us and going walking down the street, people are like, oh my God, like it's that person. Yeah. Like it gets addictive. And I think mm-hmm. it's a really scary route to go down if you're not strong in yourself. I don't think I was back then, but I mean, a lot of people on the show just. They're not, they haven't gone through the work, let's just say. Yeah. It, it always is going to take like a coming down period at some points. And if you haven't gotten there yet, just prepare yourself. But yeah, you have to really be grounded and it's hard to be in those situations. So then I'm wondering then for you after Made in Chelsea and after you made this move and you started to like find yourself a little bit more, what was that process like for you getting to now the work that you're doing, all the self work that you've done and your meditation practices, like how did this all come about for you? Yeah. So after I kind of left the show, you know, obviously I had my first boyfriend, we were deep, deep in love from the beginning. I stopped going out and drinking, which massively changed my life. Cause that was something that kept holding me back, even though I had started doing personal development work since I was 17, you know, reading my first personal growth book at 17, I 
I knew it all, you know, in my mind, but I wasn't really acting on it. And especially going out and drinking, you know, brought me back, you know, four steps backwards every time it would happen. Because for me personally, I, I, I still have a glass of wine here, you know, once in a while, but I'm not a huge drinker anymore at all. I think alcohol and going out and that culture and like partying, it was something that was a huge inhibitor to me finding myself, finding who I'm supposed to be, being happy, making money, getting clear, getting focused. Mm -hmm. That was a huge, you know, like lock on the door. Like I, you know, it, it wouldn't work to get through it without having the key and the key is to kind of, you know, go out less for me. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I started dating Ben and we would go out less and focus on, you know, just being a bit healthier. Like both of us had a huge party phase when we first met. So we both kind of in unison, were like, let's just like stay in and like make dinner tonight and stuff. So that was really healthy. And then I started to realize that, um, you know, I could be myself with him. So this, this is the other thing I was, I cared so much about what others thought of me especially my teenage years. And it still kind of came in through when I was, you know, back on the show and stuff. Like I really, really did things for other people a lot of the time. And I needed to like have some moments of just being with me and then allowed me to, and I, I know you can do it single too. I'm just giving my personal experience of how it got triggered. I think I would definitely have gone down the same path even if I hadn't met him, but you know, from my experience, him kind of allowing me to be me really helped. So, you know, I would shamelessly, do my morning routine in the morning and we'd wake up and I'd be doing my journaling and he'd maybe meditate with me or something. So he was a good influence mm -hmm. for sure. And then, yeah, you know, I just, I started doing different things. I started getting really focused and deciding that this is a pivotal time in my life and I could either make it or break it. Right. So I, I really wanted to make it and I started trying everything. I started just, I was hyper-focused. I was just, like in it. I was in it. You have to be obsessed sometimes to radically change your life. And I was in a phase, I've gone through ebbs and flows in my life of being obsessed with whether it's building a business, whether it's working on myself, getting really fit, getting healthy, getting, you know, like organized, whatever it is. I think sometimes a little bit of obsession is good, not too much, but a little mm -hmm. bit of discipline and obsession you need sometimes. So I was in a phase of that. And then I was just shedding off layers of the old self to reveal the true self. And I see it as like an onion, you know, as many, many layers. I just was taking off what I wasn't. I stopped get, getting, you know, so much filler and I took out my hair extensions and I dyed my hair back to brown, my natural color. I just like naturally intuitively wanted to just like shed the old mm -hmm. self. I started losing weight in a healthy way because I would, I really didn't like how I felt back then and started meditating more and got really motivated. And mm -hmm. I realized that there was, you know, I, I really needed to remind myself of who I wanted to be and get energized in the morning. So I started recording these pep talks to myself on my voice memos on my phone. They were like 10 minutes long. You know, I would start talking about how, you know, everything I've learned in these personal development books, like I'd say, Mimi, I talked to myself, basically, Mimi, you're hundred percent responsible for your life. Get out there. Like today you can own your day, like go and get what you want. This is what your life could be like. Imagine the feeling of having this, this, and this, of being this, this, and this, imagine the mm -hmm. feeling. And I would get myself like hyped up by these. So then I started like recording them on my podcast microphone. Cause I had a podcast and I still do. And mm -hmm. then I started adding music in the background Little did I know this was the beginning of what's going to be one of the biggest things that's that's happening to me in my 20s, this company. And a couple of years later, I started Meeting Method, a subscription platform because I was overdoing collaborations with brands and I just didn't feel like it resonated with me anymore. And I really liked my audience mm -hmm. and they really liked me talking about these things. So I created a subscription platform with like recipes, workouts, and at the bottom, meditations that were kind of based off these pep talks that I was creating for myself. And then... Mm -hmm. The meditations got so popular that I just pivoted the whole business and changed it all to just meditations and meditations for every moment of the day. So that was like, I think a huge differentiating factor with these meditations versus other meditations is that you can do my meditations when you're getting ready in the morning, when you're walking to the bus stop, when you're 
cooking dinner, when you're cleaning the house, like there's meditations for every moment of the day. And that's where I believe true change happens because mm-hmm. it's one thing to close your eyes and do a 10 minute morning meditation seated in the morning and then open up your eyes as the same person. And then you go on for the rest of your day doing the exact same shit. It's another, mm-hmm. it's another whole ball game when you are doing that. Sure. Morning meditations are powerful, but then also throughout the day, while you're doing these mundane everyday habitual activities, like doing the dishes, like walking to the bus stop, like, you know, getting unready at night. And if you are listening mm-hmm. to a meditation and being that person in that moment, that is where real change happens. It's kind of like the Pavlov's dog theory, you know, when uh, Pavlov rings the bell and the dog salivate, salivate, everyone has heard that theory in like psychology, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, you, you prime these animals to know that the bell rings, that means food's coming. So it's essentially like that in the sense that like when you start putting on your running shoes and going outside for a walk, if you've listened to enough walking meditations and you've embodied your future self so much so that every time now you Mm -hmm. walk, even if you're not listening to a walking meditation and you walk like her, you walk like your best self, your posture is nice and tall. You're radiating this abundant energy and opportunities just flow into your life because when you become the kind of person that has what you want, that's how you get what you want. Mm-hmm. So that's, Absolutely. that's kind of how I created where I am today with my company and uh, why it really works. So that's so cool. Yeah. It's so nice that you've taken something that you did for yourself and that like hyped you up this little thing, like practice that you created for yourself. And now it's helping all these other people, which is so, it's like such an amazing transformation. I needed your meditations when I was in college. Cause I remember I would like search through like podcast apps or like different YouTube things to find like a meditation when I was like doing my makeup because college was rough for me. And I, I needed to always get my head in the game right before I went to classes. And cause I used to, I'm a dancer. So it was like a lot of mental game for me too. Um, so I definitely needed your apps then. Um, I'm loving them. And I think what's great about it is that there's this idea where you can do two things at once, which a lot of people's excuses for not meditating or for not using a practice like this is because they don't have time, yeah. which is totally understandable. But it's nice to have something like this where you're like literally can be driving or putting or doing yeah. groceries or the walking ones, which is really great. For someone who wants to go on like a, a finding themselves journey and like becoming this new person, I feel like what also happens is you said this idea of shedding and like how you have to shed these layers of what people might know of you. I feel like that can also affect like your friend group. So say if like you're becoming this newer, better version of yourself or this version of yourself that feels right to you, I feel like then you, what happens at the same time, like your friend group might shift or people might see you differently. What do you say to someone who wants that, but has to deal with the changes and how people might take that in? Did you experience that at all when you were going through your process? Oh my gosh. I barely talked to anyone that I was friends with back then. Not that they're mm-hmm. not good people. We're just in different in different phases yeah. of life. And I am so strict with who I hang around now. That's something else I learned with transformation. You're an average of the five people that you surround yourself with most. And I value myself so much that I refuse to hang around someone that I don't really want to be like, you know, and of course you want to have opposing views around you. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being around positive, ambitious, happy people that support me, that are honest with me. That's who I want in my life. And yeah, I've had friend breakups and I've, it's very hurtful sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I've changed. I've been alone a lot. I think if you're going if you want a radical change in your life, you need to get comfortable with being alone because you learn a lot about yourself when you're alone. You really do. Mm. And I, I think that was important for me to go through. Yeah. I've had a partner for, you know, four years, but I've been alone a lot. Like I go on solo trips all the time. I go, I, I, I like being alone mm-hmm. and you have to go through that. So if you want to change your life and you want to advance get very comfortable being uncomfortable with yourself. You know what I mean? And write, writing and journaling has really helped me. So make it a routine to just write every day, like in the mornings, even if it's just half a page, just like write how you're feeling, 
that's really helped me get comfortable with you becoming your own best friend. That's my tip. I love that. Um, one more tip because you're very good at boundaries, it seems. You set them with like your life and your work life and all things like that. Like how, how do you recommend setting boundaries and what boundaries do you need to set if you want to go on this type of transformational journey like you have? It's easy to set boundaries when you really respect yourself. I think that's the trick. Mm. You need to love yourself enough to put these boundaries in place. So like I said, one of my boundaries is like hanging out with people that match my future, not my past. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, I don't like run away if I'm around someone that's like negative and like a victim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just like, okay, like mental note, like don't really want to go for dinner with this person next week, like change plans kind of thing. Um, But yeah, my tip to set boundaries is just to figure out what you want in your life and create boundaries that will help you get there. It'll look different for everyone. But for me, I really do think that it's like your circle creates your life and being around positive people. And if you're alone a lot and you don't have anyone positive in your life, like when I was going through that phase, I was watching so many YouTube videos of like Tony Robbins and just flooding my mind with like different positive podcasters and stuff. And that really helped. But you have to go through moments of being alone, I think, too. Um, And then also there's boundaries that I'm also still trying to kind of keep strong, which is like social media and like screen time. I think that really numbs me out, but I'm still working on that one. Yeah. Sometimes like the numbing is nice to like shift out of things, but then it's also like, no, I can't just be numb. I can't. It's not a constructive numb. Yeah. Yeah. Going on social media is not like a restorative, relaxing activity. It's more of like a stressful, relaxing activity in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's finding that that line for sure. You created this beautiful app and had took this idea or this process that you had for yourself and turned it into an app. Like going through that, like seeing it now as a person, as it's done, like it seems like that was really easy for you to do, but I'm sure it was not. And it probably took so much. So like, what was that process like for you? What would you recommend to someone who has an idea and wants to take it to fruition? Like what was the superhuman app whole story like for you? Oh boy, I'd be here for hours telling you everything that went wrong in the eight months that it took to change Mimi Method to Superhuman. I started in January. So uh, 13 months ago, we decided, well, I decided to hire people to help me rebrand, go in deep with like a big research study to help figure out what my audience actually really wants, create this more of a commercialized app that isn't targeted just for women, something that can really become a big thing. And it took eight months, many different, you know, potential developers and over six figures of investment. Like I put all the money that I'd made from Mimi Method back into the business because I was really seeing the potential with this and it's really paid off. So I would say believe in yourself. And my biggest success tip would just be to do it all. Like just try everything. If you don't know what what exactly you want to do yet, or even if you do still like keep your net pretty wide open and just mm-hmm. see what bites. Cause I have been convinced things were going to happen. And I was focused on one certain route in my life and it just didn't end up happening. And then I had to jump quickly to the next thing. Don't get married to something like mm-hmm. I'm pretty married to superhuman. Cause I, I know I'm seeing that it's doing very well and can't figure out a way that it would just fail at this mm-hmm. point, <clears throat> but I'm still keeping my options so open And I know that this business is the business of my 20s. And then in my 30s, I'll do something else. And, you know, I'm very aware, I think, um, which comes with experience and time. I've been involved in so many different businesses that I thought were going to be huge and failed. And I've had so many moments where, like, success was literally this close. Mm -hmm. Massive, jaw-dropping success was this close. And I felt it and I was manifesting it and I was embodying it and then it didn't happen. And then Mm -hmm. funny enough, it brought me down the path of something that will give me even more success, but life's a wild ride. You have to expect the failures though. And I've had many failures. I love that. Yeah. It's very, 
solid advice because yeah, you can see the successes and people like you've like created this beautiful thing, but it's like, you don't always get to see the behind the scenes and all the things that could have failed before this point. So I love that you shared that. Um, to end us, could yeah. you, I have two final questions that I want to ask you before we jump in? Cause I know we have to do my interview too. So excited. Um, first question, Mimi, uh, anything that you might've overshared in your life, you are a very forward facing person or shared or would have said differently after sharing that. So anything you might've overshared or said differently? Huh? That's a good one. I don't, I know, like I was saying, like I used to share a lot more, like I actually don't really regret anything that I've shared. I just am now learning more about what I want to be more private about, I think. Um, I don't regret anything I've overshared. I don't. Yeah, I don't. It's a part of the process, right? Yeah. It helps you to figure out the destination. Um, Last question. What's one last like leaving thought or piece of advice to end us? Remember that you are 100% responsible for your life to all the listeners. Everything you want, it can happen and you can have it all. So if you feel a limiting belief around that, I say really work hard to fix it because that is what's stopping you from getting there. And trust me, you can have it all. Like, I feel like I have it all and I wanted it all for so long and I really feel like I have it. But you also need to remember to enjoy where you are in the process. And this is more of a recent discovery of mine. Enjoy where you are in the process while also striving for more. Because even when you quote, get there, you often feel lack if you don't learn to love being where you are along with going for more because there's never there. Because even when you get there, you're going to want the next thing. Even when you get there, there's going to be something else like you need to learn how to be happy now while wanting more and you've got to live in that sweet spot. And that's my biggest piece of advice that I wish everyone could know. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, where can everyone find you? Get the app, follow you, all that good stuff. Yeah. So the app is called Superhuman. So if you go to your app store or Google Play and you just type in Superhuman Meditations, it'll usually just come up with Superhuman, but it's on the app store called Superhuman Meditations. Um, and you can download it there. We have a 14 day free trial, a money back guarantee. I will 100% <laughs> give you your money back if you do not feel an effect from the meditations because I'm 100% sure that you will. They're very powerful. Um, they're energizing. They make you feel alive, like the main character of your life. And you can listen to them while doing any activity. They are pretty fantastic, I must say. Yeah. And um, thank you. <laughs> That's one thing I'm not humble about. Like, well, I, maybe I'm not humble about many things, but I think I hope to think I am. Um, I really do. But one thing I'm really not humble about is the quality of the meditations, the amount of hours, emotion, dedication, myself and my team have put into this is Hmm. pretty unmatched and there is nothing else like it out there. Um, So I'm very proud of it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Mimi Bouchard, and I'm usually on there. So check me out. And my podcast, Mimi. My podcast is called Mimi and Sydney is going to be a guest on our podcast. Yes, which we're going to go do now. So thank you so much. I'll link all that below. Um, Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye.